You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky joined by Steven Risotto of uh, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, which he covers the Giants for. Also the pride of Reardon High and San Francisco State. Uh, make sure you're liking, reviewing, subscribing, sharing, telling other people about it. 95.7 Odyssey Sports, all that fun stuff. We are about 35 minutes into this, and uh, let's have a serious Farhan conversation right now. Um Steven, you were obviously at his presser. You didn't really get a whole lot out of it, or you you said it was kind of very generic. Um, were you happy that it, Sam and Bonte were there? <laughs> it, yeah, no, I, I felt like I didn't need to do anything with, with them there. Yeah. I mean, it was, and Willard was there too. Mark Willard was there. I mean, they, Mark, they, I think they had the question, of, he had the, the question of the, the whole uh, presser when he asked Farhan why Gabe, it basically got Farhan to admit that Gabe was scapegoated. Like, well, it is what Mark it is. Willard, he hit a home run with that question right there. So props to him. And Willard's a guy that I've learned, and, and shout out to Mark Willard. I've been around him like a few times in person, and like his voice just. It, it 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 carries. We weren't even in a room. We were in the dugout, and I, I swear somebody in like right field in McCovey Cove could have heard it. Like he, <laughs> he just has like the presentation. And Bonte did a good you know good job standing his ground right, and you know there's some back and forth there. But no, that press conference. I mean, those those press conferences are gloomy. It's supposed to be gloomy. Everything about it has to be gloomy because at the end of the day, there's a team that was playing in the postseason that night. Okay, you cannot ever have those press conferences where you're talking about the end of the season in early October. Okay, that means it's gloomy. And 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 some of the references were a little weird. I didn't really understand. I didn't really have a problem with any of the TV references. I didn't understand. I don't really watch the bear at all. <laughs> he had a Ted Lasso one with too, but um, I think, but I think all the people who watched that show were in that scrum, all four of them. <laughs> I guess so. But it was just a, you know, it was, it was, it was a doozer. I mean, I hate that it was a doozer. And, and I just, I felt like I, it, it didn't give a good indication on where the franchise is going as a whole. I'm glad you said that he was hired in December of 2018. Okay. And we all agree. Everyone, even the harshest critic of Farhan, he inherited him a, a kind of a mess. I would say you got some franchise players and yeah, you got to start from scratch via the draft. Okay. Are they closer today? Sam Lubman to a world series than when he was hired in November, December of 2018. See, I don't think this is a straightforward yes or no question because I do think there is a yes part of the organization in a better place. I would say, Overall, yes, the organization is in a better place, but are they closer to a World Series? I would say no. Like, let's say like, I, the, the, the number I love looking at is from 2015 to 2018. So when Farhan was with the Dodgers, the Giant, the Dodgers were 70 and a half games better than the Giants. Since Farhan got here, the Dodgers are 93 games better than the Giants. 
the gap has widened significantly. Now, I know that may not be the best barometer for determining it, but for whatever You're closer games, to the Rockies than you are the Dodgers, let's all but here's the, yeah, on. but no, here's what I'm saying. Come like, on. I do think the Giants are better now than they were in 2018, but that's because the Giants were kind of at rock bottom in 2018, so you really had nowhere to go but up. But whatever gains the Giants have made, which I, they, they do exist, the gains that the Dodgers have made in that time far outpaced what the Giants have Does done. It the matter the Diamondbacks Does it matter to you? have made. Who does the it matter? Just lost 150,000 games two years ago. They've made more gains, I think, than the Giants have. The Padres have made more gains. Look around the National League. It's not just the division you have to fight with. You know, the the NL Central. I mean, the Brewers. I mean, the, the Brewers could be in trouble for a while. The NL Central actually kind of sucks right now. The Phillies. You look at what they Wild have right there. Coming. Dave Dombrowski might have built one of the best teams in his career with this Phillies team. Well, they forget, could, forget, forget the rest of the National League. League. Forget the yeah. National League. Are you judging your answer just off of the roster, the 40-man, the farm system, or does the business aspect of curating amongst your consumer base, losing 26% of your season ticket holders, does that not factor in to the overall scope of the organization being better? That's a good way to look look at it too i when you factor that in it, it does knock away a lot of the gains i think basically any gains that you're talking about is the fact that there are guys in this farm system who you can look at and be like i think you can be part of a good baseball team someday okay. like i'm not saying that patrick bailey is is puster posey 2.0 not going there He's but not. i do think that if the next, to Kurt team, the, the next the next good giants team could have patrick bailey in the squad it could have marco okay. luciano at shortstop honestly i'm i'm kind of high on luis matos uh Shasky, you and I had a fun conversation the other morning. We were talking about how the Phillies did a great job building their uh lineup to fit their ballpark. You know, because they got I mean that the Citizens Bank ballpark, like we could probably hit home runs in that ballpark. It's an absolute bandbox. And it reminded me of how the Giants won in 10 to 15 or 10 to 14. They built a team that truly fit their ballpark, pitching heavy and lots of gap to gap hitting. Luis Matos, he's not a power hitter but he is good at driving the ball to the gaps. And I think that will play well here at Oracle park. Another thing that made those giants teams very successful during that time was along with good defenses. They didn't strike out very much. That was not a strikeout heavy team. And one thing that really irritated me that Farhan mentioned in his presser was, you know, he was asked the question, you know, you guys set a franchise record for strikeouts this year for 1,492. You know, it used to be the year Columbus sailed the ocean blue, but now it's, you know, the strikeouts, the franchise record for strikeouts we had this year. And Farhan's answer really irritated me because what he said was, you know, when you have so many young guys in a lineup like this, you're going to see a lot of strikeouts. Well, you know what, Farhan? I crunched those numbers that you love. Rookies accounted for 33% around there of your strikeouts this year. The guys who were striking out was Austin Slater. It was J.D. Davis. It was Jock Peterson. It was Mike Yastrzemski. Those are the guys who were doing it. Granted, the highest strikeout percentage, like strikeout rates, were held by rookies. Blake Sable had the highest strikeout rate when you you know divide strikeouts by plate appearances. The rookies did have higher strikeout rates. They also had lower this, plate appearances. Jesse, I know you Mike want to say Sable something. Because there's one last thing, is so thing I want to get here, though. There's one last thing I want to get in here, though, because when he's bashing these rookies for you know their strikeout problem, yeah. you know, being the big issue with the Giants' strikeouts this year, you know who had among players with 100 plate appearances, you know who had the lowest strikeout rate. Luis Matos. I didn't know and that. That is why I tr- I want to have I have hope for Matos going forward, you know, because I do think that he is the kind of guy his profile he would probably fit really well with those lineups from 10, 12, and yeah, 14. I just I don't think he's a guy who's going to drive the ball, and I think his athleticism and speed was over advertised. I've been unimpressed personally. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see the blazing speed and the dynamic play. Uh, as we, 20, I'll go what, back. I'm going to twenty two. What? 
He's like what, 21, 22 though? And that's when you should be extremely athletic. Like at your, yeah, you know, they, 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 he's, he's got time to build team. on this though. Would the Arizona Diamondbacks trade Alec Thomas straight up for him? Right now, probably not. No, they wouldn't. I'll take Alec Thomas all day over him. And I don't even I don't even think he's a premier player. He's an average player. I'll ask you the same question, Steven, and I'll, I'll get to something about building the team to the ballpark because I have a point I want to make. Is this team, is this organization closer to a World Series now than when Farhan was hired? Talent-wise, 40-man roster-wise, farm system-wise, I think they are. But like you mentioned, there are some underlying I guess things that are happening that could bring that down easily. And you mentioned the business standpoint, you mentioned, you know, I, I, I think of the, the, the fans packing out the ballpark. And I also think like what Lubbin was talking about the rest of the teams and not just the Dodger gap has widened this year playing Arizona. I think I've seen it more than any year, the talent gap between those two last year, they gave him problems. I remember last year after Logan Webb start, he told us that you know, this team is, they're coming up quick. They're coming up quick. They fight off pitches and, and Logan Webb's a guy that cruises through a game with a with a very low pitch count. And I think against Arizona in 2022, he had probably about 80-something pitches through four or five innings. They gave him a tough time. And this year, that final series against Arizona and Chase Field, that was the worst probably I've seen the Giants play this entire season. In terms of athleticism, in terms of they just got demolished. It wasn't even like the big scoring games. It was just overmatched to the highest point. And I'll let you finish. Yes. I went to the series when they were down in Arizona uh, in like April. Maybe it was May. April or May, I went to go visit a friend. Uh, Corbin Carroll jumped out of the box and went to on a routine single. I turned to Lucas Alexander, producer of the afternoon show, and I said, that guy is one of the fastest players I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And right there, I go, that is more than I need to see for anyone else. It pops. So when you bring up someone like Amatos, that's the athleticism I'm comparing him to. The premier players, fair or not, rookie of the year candidate, MVP candidate. That's where the bar is at now. Continue. They don't have it. They, they like I said, but they, they they just don't have the Corbin Carroll or Acuna type. And 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 back to Matos for a second. He does have he does have a very low strikeout rate, and he's good at putting the ball in play. And the one thing that like if he goes into this upcoming offseason and offseasons you know following, he needs to get stronger. He needs to get in the weight room. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen. I mean, I I always look back to the highlights. There was a point in Sacramento before he got called up where he was hitting home runs every single night. And the thing is, they had the, and I know Shasky's going to roll his eyes here, the exit velocity and the launch angle, uh, the same exit velocities and launch angle that he had in Sacramento that were going out for home runs were not translating into the big leagues. It just wasn't happening because it's not, the, the Pacific Coast League is a different animal. You can't accurately judge the success of the Pacific Coast League offensive numbers to the big leagues. It's, it's such a far gap. And I think the struggles that guys have coming from the PCL to the big leagues are so real. And Matos just needs to get stronger. And I agree. I believe the speed. First time I saw him, I was like, this is this guy's very athletic. He's fast. And I think in center field, he's got pretty good like gliding speed. But on the bases, he's not he's not fast. You just you know, don't no, see no, no one on the Giants is is fast right now. Uh, we got a few us minutes. They were going to get more athletic, and they went the opposite direction. And so I want before we get out of here, we got a few minutes left here. Um, Obviously, we mentioned this is a big year for Farhan, a big offseason for Farhan. He's basically GMing, president of baseball opsing for his job right now. He's got some big things that he needs to do. He needs to make the roster better, and he needs to hire a manager. 
but he needs to do it during a time when, you know, the Giants, they're not, again, we, we've been saying how they're a bit better, but they're not still not in a great spot. They're in a better spot than 18, but they're still not in a good spot. Um, yeah, he's been player. he's been asked about he's been asked about how you know attracting free agents and you know bringing in a manager and why how that might you know be difficult in terms of you know having to bring in a manager when he himself is on a lame duck year, and he's brushed these 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 concerns off every single time uh, because he believes that San Francisco is a great place to play. So the question here, guys, is simply put: Are the Giants is is the Giants' job an attractive job? No. If you're going to hamper me with a bunch of veterans and say, hey, good luck with the rookies, you better make it work and you need to make the playoffs because we're spending $160 million on the payroll. We need to justify that. No, it's not a good job. And this is where I would bottom the hell out. Like to me, sell off everything that you possibly can eat the money and make a clear distinction. We are either going to trade a bunch of prospects and bring in a centerpiece and we're going to go young for a year or two and level out our books or just go young. <laughs> like they need to make a decision. This thing where we're going to have nobility and competing while also trying to develop, it's an excuse to not bat Matos four times a game. It's an excuse to not let Luciano finish out the entire game debut and not get Ramos in the last. I mean, Mitch is back. Got to play him over Ramos. Like to me, the, the flag needs to be in the ground so that when a manager comes here, he knows. Dude, this is a four-year runway. Like, we're not going to be judged off one year. Otherwise, you're going to have the same thing. Austin Slater's going to pinch hit in the fifth inning for someone. I'm over that. Yeah, Steven, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I, so, without without having the captain obvious statement of, oh, well, there's 30 jobs. Of course, it's attractive. I will I will say, I will use this in the context of all the jobs that are available. Yeah. Um, the I think the Angels job is worse, particularly the Angels job is worse. But if you're if 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 you're looking to interview for this position with the San Francisco Giants, there's one thing that is concerning, and it's job security. This is a job that does not come with job security at all, not even close. Because right. you have right now uh, mm-hmm. a president of baseball operations who many view is kind of on his last leg in terms of you know in terms of running. He's running out of time. He's running out of time. If this season does not go according to plan and the Giants have another subpar season, he's likely not coming back. He's on the last year of his contract. And usually when there's turnover in the front office, you have to be a very special someone to hang on to your job as a manager and work with a different regime, right? That's kind of why Bruce Bochy felt it was the right time to get out of the way or whatnot. But I I think it's got very low job security. If you're a guy like a Mark DeRosa, who I'm particularly high on, I think DeRosa would do a good job. And you're looking to leave MLB Network and a seven-figure job for the San Francisco Giants, and you're trying to move your family. He's got a young kid. He's got you know kids and a wife, and you're trying to move over to the Bay Area. And and I don't want to hear about you know Farhan saying that it's not an attractive place because Derosa is going to move to Blackhawk and Danville and Peninsula, whatever. He's not going to live in the city. <laughs> then then I I mean, and you're you're gonna you're gonna roll with the rookies, right? And you're gonna have to be a developmental manager, and then boom, the the top executive loses a job, you're probably on your way out too. So I just think the job security doesn't make it exactly an attractive destination, which I wouldn't be shocked if they go to a short, a short-term person with a lot of baseball experience in terms of managing. 
Uh, and if that short-term guy becomes a long-term guy, then that's just how it is. I don't think Dusty Baker expected to be in Houston all these years after. He was viewed as a transitional candidate Great point. In, in, in Houston, right? He was viewed as the guy that's going to get- originally was a transition coach for the final year or two of Barry Bonds. That, I thought he was at least. Yeah. Well, Honestly, I at one point thought that Gabe Kapler was a transitional manager. I thought they wanted to bring Gabe Kapler in and just keep the seat warm until Bob Melvin either left o- until Bob Melvin left Oakland. But then of course, you know, Melvin leaves so Oakland out for, for San Diego and obviously there's still uh, there may be some flirtations going on there. I don't know. But it all comes down to with me, and I like that you mentioned the job security, Stephen, because I think that kind of touches on an overall bigger issue here is that, yeah, if things don't work out next year, Farhan's gone and you got a manager who's stuck, you're going, well, what do I do? You're also going to have an organ- a, a giant organization and a fan base that's going to be going, well, what do I do? Because Farhan needs to make a bold move this offseason. What if he makes a bold move where, let's say he trades two or three top prospects to bring in a significant bat or a significant pitching arm, and – that's not enough to make this team better. Or he signs someone to a, a seven, eight, 10 year deal for all of the money that you can think of that gums up the, the Giants, uh, you know, salary sheet for the next several years. But then the team still struggles and Farhan gets fired. Honestly, th- you're going to let him potentially create a bigger mess before he goes out the door in this lame duck year. And that's why, you know, when Bonte says, you know, it's not too late to fire Farhan, honestly, it kind of makes sense. Like, I don't. I would not trust him right now to rebuild this team in one year into a satisfactory level. Like the question I always ask is like, what could Farhan possibly do within one year to make us go from fire this guy to extend this guy? I really don't. Outside of a miracle, I don't think there is. And so you're gonna let him go to work, potentially trade guys away, potentially you know gum up the cap sheet for years, and then he's like, okay, guys, peace. Whoever's up next, that's your problem now. Like we know he inherited he inherited a bad situation in 2018. If things go wrong this offseason, he's fired next year. The next guy could be coming in with his own 2018 situation or even worse. And that's that just seems even like completely stupid for the Giants to even try my to message to him. My message to him would be to make the team better and don't try to save your job. Make your make the team better, but don't try to save your job. That's not what this is about. Okay, you in this situation, you're secondary. Back to the manager thing, real quick. What I would want to see the Giants do personally is get someone in there that you could stick with, right? Because the Giants have had a history. Like, they have not had a lot of managers of recent decades, right? Roger Craig to Dusty Baker to Philippe Alou to Bruce Bochy to Gabe Kapler. That's not a lot of managers compared to some of these other teams. And the the blueprint that I see right now, the the, the Arizona Diamondbacks stuck with Torrey Lovello. They get, he had a ton of losing seasons that could have easily fired him, but they saw something in him where they felt he could be with the right with the right personnel. What Shasky said at the beginning, the right personnel, he could lead this team to some really good seasons in Arizona. They stuck with him. He's become the he's he's probably going to get to the ten year mark in Arizona, and 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 in an era where you're you're hired to be fired, jo- I mean, and I know it's it's again it's a long shot with this possibly being Farhan Zaidi's final season. But if you could get a guy in there who could stay with you through the long haul, through the down seasons, through the up seasons, again, the Giants could have fired Bruce Bochy after 2008, 2009, right? Mm-hmm. And then they stuck with him because they saw something. Yeah, they could have fired him in 2017. It, yeah, in his communication. And, and look, one th- last thing to close the book on Gabe Kapler real quick. There was a ton of articles. It seemed like every day there was articles that were coming out that kind of talked about the clubhouse culture and everything. 
and and kind of him being a hands-off manager and hands-off clubhouses work they a hundred percent work we've seen it in the past we've heard about it in the past but it has to work with the right set of leaders and i don't think gabe kapler had that in his clubhouse he there's a lot of young players with nobody to look to brandon crawford brandon crawford attracts a lot of respect don't get me wrong but he is not he, he's he's not the guy, right, in terms of he's a lead-by-example guy, but he's him alone is not going to be the guy that's going to that's gonna make sure everybody else follows him, if that makes who, sense. Who did you look at in this in the clubhouse when you were in there this year? Who, who did you get the vibe of, like, this guy is the leader of this clubhouse? This is the guy that guys will probably follow him behind. Like, when you were in there, who, who did you see that kind of fit that bill? This is Logan's Webb team. This is Logan Webb's team. This mm-hmm. is 100% Logan's, Logan Webb's team. It's been Logan Webb's team since the minute Buster Posey retired and the minute he dominated it in the division series in 2021. Totally agree. And he's adapted it. And the uh, the quotes of him being very – he wants to be very involved in this managerial search. And the fact that he's open about wanting to be involved and the fact that he's open about, hey, I signed an extension here. I should be a part of this. Like, that's telling. That's That to me is a leader. And, uh, again – you don't have the belts, the posies, the Crawfords in this clubhouse, the guys that have done it, the guys who could show the young players that, you know, how to act, how to go about your business. You just don't have that right now. And I feel like anything you Gabe Kapler could have easily flipped some tables. Right. But at the end of the day, in that clubhouse, there was nobody there that they could look to, to, you know, for guidance. I just didn't think that that was the, something, anything Gabe Kapler could have done. But I think in this next manager, they have to have somebody that, A, is a good communicator because that was what the Giants preached with Kapler, but it ended up possibly not being the case. And, B, it's got to be somebody that could could possibly sit through some development of some young players, yeah. and I think that's important. Do either of you guys have a name at the top of your head in terms of like, oh, man, I'd love to see that guy be the manager next year? I want Will Venable, local boy, uh, was a role player for many, many years. Role players, while not a tried and true recipe, they do make good managers at times. Um, clearly understood at the the side of Bruce Bochy, understands what it is to be a Giants fan because he grew up locally. His dad was a Giant. Um, obviously understands the blending of the gut and analytics and where the game is played at right now. I think being a former player, they need credibility. Like desperately, that staff had very little MLB experience. I'm talking about the, the coaching staff. Yeah, very little, and I think that really hurt them. I think a lot of guys are like, oh, well, you didn't play. I, I, How do I respect they you? They need yeah. credibility. What's that? Yeah, no, they're not going to respect you if you didn't play. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's like in any industry. Does does first time manager versus experienced manager? Does that don't does matter that, to me? It doesn't matter. Want to retread. Yeah, I think okay. I think you got to be good with people, and you got to be good with knowing the strengths of of individuals. And my my pick, I, I said that Derosa would be good. And you know, look at look at how he did. He he had he walked in with Team USA with a bunch of stars. And again, Team USA is a lot different than 162 games. I can't stress that enough. Uh, but he's a guy that sits on TV and he follows the league. He's he has to a part of his job to learn the analytics. But he's also, if you listen to him, he's got kind of that old school feel too about how to how to go about your business. And his team USA coaching staff: Dave Rigetti, Ken Griffey Jr., Andy Pettit, Michael Young. I mean, Brian McCann. These are some names, right? And I don't know if that's going to be is is probably not uh, a realistic coaching staff, obviously for a regular season. But I think he's an interesting guy. Pat Burrell has been thrown out there a few times. He's somebody that has connection with some of these young minor league guys uh, who are coming up. He could be a guy. 
Um, and, and also, I think Steve, I could tell you Stephen Vogt, as we're recording this, he's interviewing with the Giants right now at Oracle Park. Uh, and, and he's a guy that is freshly off of a playing career. But anybody that could, that could you know, it, it's an added bonus if, if you're an attractive person to play with. Uh, to play for as a player, right? You, they yeah. want a free agent recruiter. They want someone in there that's going to be excited to play for you. Um, and, and I think uh, a name like Venable is a good one too. Uh, I, I think he said that he does not want to leave Texas, which is interesting, but he's set up for definitely many jobs in the future. And if you could lure him away, that would be great. He's got Giants connections, right? His dad played. Um, so th- there's definitely guys you could go after that don't necessarily have managerial experience, but are perfectly ready for the job in my mind. This has a big time feel like the Niners after Tom Sula, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, yeah. where you're just, you've got to overpay somebody in years and guaranteed money to be able to bring them in again. Load not that, security. Yeah. You, yeah. You, so whoever's taking this job in the back of their mind, if they don't realize that they could be gone in a matter of months or, you know, in a year, then you know it's quite the sacrifice to move to move your your family and your personal life and all your dominoes to one place and then you know possibly be gone. So low job security job. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a big a big burden that Farhan Zaidi has to uh, has has to take on this off season. And again, I just I have very little hope that he does pull it off. I'd love to be surprised. We'll see what bold moves he's able to pull off. He's probably going to have to do it through the trade market because free agency is just not really his bread and butter right now. We'll certainly see what happens. Uh, Steven, man, thank you so much for joining us on the pod today. Uh, you want to you wanna plug Rizzo Cast really quick? Yeah, uh, Rizzo, thank, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. This was great. Uh, always love the conversation. Sam is a guy that I spend a lot of time with when I'm covering games. And uh, Shasky, of course, uh, a, a San Francisco guy through and through. And uh, yeah, we got the Reardon connection going there, too. Um, and uh, I'm rocking the Reardon hat right here. I know, you got to get me one of those. I should. I, I do have to get you one. I, I got this actually at the alumni game. So next time yeah, there's an I'll alumni game. I'll take whatever. I'll take whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we've got to play together on the alumni game. Um, is, so, yeah, uh, RizzoCast, you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at RizzoCast. Uh, I recently had on a MLB PA certified agent who represents Bryce Eldridge uh, and, a, and oh. a few other minor leaguers. Um, uh, sixth in the pipeline right now or fourth in the pipeline? He's, he's up there. He's, and and yeah. a lot of people think that very highly of him, a possible two-way guy. But if he's not, they think that he could do really well with the bat. Uh, still very young, drafted out of high school. Uh, but yeah, anyways, his name's Tucker Ward. He's the uh, son of former big leaguer and current hitting coach um, uh, Turner Ward. So uh, there's a connection there. But on RizzoCast, I like to have a lot of uh, random players. That, you know, I used to get a lot in baseball cards, right? You know, guys that... Uh, like the Jerome Williams, like, you know, guys that just, that was a good get see- that you got him guys that just seemingly Puka shells. Yeah. Every path. We, I asked him about the Puka shells. Yeah, I, of course I did. Yeah. And the pink yeah. glove too. And he's got a good story behind it, but uh, I like the guys that maybe aren't too high, big of a radar. You know, I've had JT snow on in the past, of course, Rennell and a bunch of others, Joe Madden, but I also like the guys that kind of have a story and uh, hopefully going to get a lot of, there's a few young players that were drafted out of the Bay area recently, Hoping to have them on. There's Keyshawn Ogans out of uh, Sacred Heart Cathedral. I had him on a few months back. He's in the Arizona Fall League right now with the Atlanta Braves. Oh, really? Keyshawn Ogans with the Braves. He's in the Fall League. And then uh, Owen Stevenson drafted out of USF, uh, drafted by the Rays. Uh, So hopefully uh, get some Bay Area prep guys on that are now with big league organizations. So a lot of big stuff brewing. Awesome. Well, I mean, you're probably gonna need to plug our podcast too, because I'm pretty sure you get more listeners than we do on on your pod. But uh, I don't really care who listens as long yeah. as, <laughs> as 
as long as I'm getting my reps in and as long as I'm having fun, I don't even look. I've I've made a promise when I made the podcast. I said I'm not going to even look at the analytics, and I there still you have go. I don't care. Hey, don't look at the analytics. So I use my anyone butt. else who needs to hear that message, I hope they're listening no. too far. You guys are going to force me out now. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so this has been episode 78 of the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Loveman, Joe Shasky with Stephen Risotto. We will catch you on the next one.